Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on everybody? It's everybody's favorite day of the week, it's Friday, we're here talking Lions, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, we serve up Honolulu blue flavored Kool-Aid all day every day, and all you gotta do is drink it in. Drink it in now. Side of cornbread. Cornbread, cornbread. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, we're gonna talk NFL draft, my favorite topic, but this week... We're going to talk a big picture. We're going to talk about the NFC North draft needs per team. And I got the one and only big time guest here on the show, Joey from Believe in Bears. I know, boo. <laughs> I know, but he's a great guest. He knows his stuff and we have fun talking football. He's back on the show to talk NFL draft. Joey, how you doing here on a Friday? Derek, such a pleasure to be back. Happy Friday, my friend. An honor to be on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And look, guys, it could be worse. I could be a Packers fan. <laughs> I love it. Look at this guy knows how to spin it. I mean, I try to I try to make him the heel right off the bat and he spins it. Now he's the baby face. I love it. That's that's I tremendous. always say that a life can always be worse. You could always be a Packers fan, Derek. It could always get worse. Joey, you know what being a Packers fan would be? You you want to know? <laughs> what? It was a bad decision, period, point blank. It was a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. Thank you, Pac-Man. Absolutely, I agree. Dude, um, dude, one day I will tell the story of how uh, a Packers fan once poisoned me, but maybe that's for another. That's a tease for another pod. Oh, yeah, we, we will have to fit that in, no question about it. But, I mean, like I say, we, we got so much to talk about, and we never mess around on the show. We might as well just dive right in. So we did it on the Wednesday show when we talked free agency. I'm just going to go to your Bears right off the bat. So when I'm looking at their needs, I mean, I don't know. Their top need might be... I don't know, a quarterback. <laughs> um, they've got other needs at offensive tackle, possibly another receiver, some guys on defense. You might want to get a corner, somebody to, to rush the passer. Where are you at with your team in regards to where they're weak and maybe where they will draft players picking at number 20 there in the first round? You know, in the land of uh, bear, beardom land, uh, it could go in a lot of different directions. It's a it's a concept of what I think we'll do versus what I want us to do. So obviously, door number one is, as you said, we need the quarterback. Ryan Pace has shown a history of moving up to draft quarterbacks before and spend draft capital. That concept terrifies me unless it involves us getting Russell Wilson. But I digress. Derek, what I really want to see is do honestly, this is what I want to see the Chicago Bears do. We pick at number 20. I want to see us go in some sort of order, offensive tackle, offensive lineman, wide receiver in the first three rounds. I want to get a big, mean, nasty dude in the first round, and then in the second round, either get another wide receiver and an offensive lineman. It's time where 
you know, everyone's like, oh, the Bears struck out on Russell Wilson. Well, part of that was we kind of just don't, it's not about the capital. We just don't really have the pieces around him to really make it that exciting and that interesting. If we are going to go rolling out there with Andy Dalton, if that's the ship and the bandwagon that we're going to be signing up for, we need some dudes up front to protect him. We're probably as close to, you know, the Lions transition with a new coach and a new GM and the whole deal is probably people want to admit in Chicago. So it really has to start up front. I think in a, in, in a dream scenario, the Bears actually, by the end of next season, have a deep, interesting, offensive, talented offensive line to head into 2022. Joey, I've got a soundbite here that I think relates to Ryan Pace. Maybe your head coach, Nagy, and, and it kind of predicts the future for uh, Andy Dalton. You want to hear it? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be great. Struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Uh, Joey Namath. Struggling. Uh, like, I, I think what you guys need to do, I mean, I know we're talking big picture here when it comes to draft and not getting into some of the nuance, but what, like, you're laying out positions and that's kind of what we're doing, the needs and whatnot. But if I was the Bears GM, what I'd really be doing is sort of sitting there and doing what we always hear about and we get frustrated about, but it was really kind of the best play. It'd be best to take BPA in those first three to four rounds to really try to get some some game changers on your team because I think you have all right players at multiple spots, but I just don't see guys that can make huge stat lines, win games. I mean, the closest you have is is the season that Allen Robinson had last year, and I want to see what he does this year because he kind of surprised a lot of people, jump back on the scene as kind of that top wide receiver and whatnot. So I feel like you got to get like dynamic edge players. You might need another guy to pair up with Roquan. You might need a, a lockdown corner now that Fuller's out of there. So I'd really just be sitting there at 20 saying like, whoever the best player is, I'm going to take him because I always feel like you can form formulate your team better doing that than trying to plug holes I mean like well I don't have one of these right now so I'll take that when really if you just took the best player you can either fill that spot in other ways and usually those best players usually end up making you a much better franchise than filling an open need um, on on your team so maybe they just need to be aggressive that way they're sit or like you say they've been known to trade so maybe they will move up and down the board and do some things yeah, moving up and down the board really, really scares me just because I just don't think our GM makes great decisions or he gives up too much capital when he does move up to make those moves. You're making a great point. My only counter to that would be, I think it's about time that the Chicago Bears philosophically start spending high high end draft capital. And remember, this is the first time we've had a first round pick in a couple of years because of the Cleo Mack trade. Right. I think we just need to be focusing on offense, man. And, and I'm with you, man. We do need game changers. We do need blue chippers. You know, I love Allen Robinson. I, w- I don't know if I would call David Montgomery a blue chipper, but I like him a whole lot. You know, I, I like the potential that Darnell Mooney has. I like the potential that Cole Komet has, but again, emphasis on the word potential. We need to really focus on getting that offense in line a little bit and tipping the scales a little bit more towards, hey, our defense was so good in 2018. We got the same guys back, blah, 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 blah. Well, that defense is getting older. That's in transition. I think we need to start building up the uh, the talent on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm down for BPA as long as it, uh, is it on offense for the Chicago Bears, at least through the first couple of rounds of this upcoming draft. Do you see them drafting a quarterback? I do, and honestly, the only guy that I think probably makes sense that has Matt them, Jones. you know, has the 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, I I would be I would be happy with Mac Jones. I really would. I think it's Trey Lance. I think that's the guy who they're looking at. And look, Trey Lance is is huge. He's athletic. He's got a great arm. But again, it's the same stuff, the same red flags that scared us Bears fans about Mitch Trubisky. And look how Mitch turned out. Hasn't played a lot of snaps, competition issues, uh, needs a lot of time to you know learn the NFL game a little bit, and he needs to take a little time to mature. That is all the stuff that happened with Mitch. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Trey Lance, but man, we're scarred, dude. It was, it's like getting out of a bad relationship and getting into the same type of relationship over and again, and that kind of scares me. Mac Jones, look, I get it. Not athletic. Um, played with <laughs> Alabama's offensive line and all their weapons. I understand all of that, but dude, we know it. Every single year, there is one guy who we all can say is just really good, but we find all these different ways to poke holes in him and he falls down in the draft. And then every year someone picks him up and it turns out to work out great. There's always one guy that we completely underrate every single draft. And I just keep thinking that it is Mac Jones. I, I, I have nothing to go on that other than a gut and a feel because every single year we always get it wrong with one guy. I have a feeling of, of all the quarterbacks that are out there, Mac Jones might be the guy that we get it wrong on this year heading into the draft. Oh, man. Very, very interesting stuff. You, you did slander my guy, Trey Lance. I know we're not here to talk all about uh, players per se, but I've fallen in love with Trey Lance. I The minute I've, I've watched his tape and then I got to see his pro day, I thought... This is just, I mean, I get the the inconsistencies on some of the passing, but he just has that vibe, that swag, like like the Mahomeses of the world do, where he can make every throw, he can also run over you in the run game, but like, that's just a pipe dream for your Chicago Bears, but like I said, I could see Mac Jones falling to 20, or you bumping up a few spots and getting a player like that, and he feels like a Chicago Bears-esque type quarterback. Come in there, have some good things about him, have some issues, and see how it works out. I mean, I see that as the more plausible answer, but I mean, if you could get your hands on a Trey Lance, I mean, he's a he's to me like a franchise changer. I just don't know how quick, if it's going to be right away, or if it's it's going to be a, a, a half a season, three quarters of a season, but I'm taking him with the Lions at seven if he's on the board. I've made that known to all the people Ooh, out there. And, and that's yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you, right? Because it, it's it's varying, right? Where everyone seems to believe that Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey, and obviously Trevor Lawrence, they're going in somewhere in the top five, right? No one really has Trey Lance in the top five. I have seen Trey Lance everywhere from seven to I think like 12 or 13 area. Nothing really right. pushing past that. Yep. And then Mac Jones is all over the board. Yep. No, I you got that nailed there. I mean, uh, I, I don't know where he's going to go. I, I kind of conceded that the Lions aren't going to take him. I would not be surprised if some team whether it be that uh, rumor innuendo I threw out on the Wednesday show that could be the Minnesota Vikings jumping up and getting him. Um, Just looking at the board, I mean, could San Francisco go up and get a kid like that? Denver, Denver, you know, Carolina as well. Like all those seem to be fits for me, as well as the Washington football team possibly uh, getting a guy like that that could uh, sit behind Fitzy there and and then get his chance. But I think the guy's going to be a dynamic player. I think you guys as a Bears, um, you know, franchise need to sort of get that quarterback 
quarterback figured out first and foremost, but then don't pass up like blue chip game changers for, well, I need a, a you know, a left guard or, Hey, I need a, a cornerback because Fuller's gone. You need to just like take these top end players and then start remolding your team. As you kind of said on the previous show as well, like if it doesn't work out for you, then you're going to be in the two, three year turnaround. Like most teams have done recently. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to get the picks right and the players, right? So lots of openings for Chicago, both on the defensive line, you know, and then the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And I'm really, my final thought on the Chicago bears is this is kind of what we're dealing with too, is it don't sleep on the concept of if the bears are able to move up and they are able to acquire a guy like a Trey Lance still do not rule out a possible Russell Wilson trade because the whole the, the biggest roadblock right now between Russell Wilson not being on the Chicago Bears is that Seattle must have a quarterback and also a quarterback that they like on their team coming back in return. If the Bears are able to get up and get a guy like Trey Lance, he could stay on the Bears or he can also be in movement for Russell Wilson. Also, as an insight, I know we're going to get to the Lions as well, but I talked to last week believe in Panthers host Desmond Johnson, who's pretty plugged into the Carolina scene. And his insight and perspective to me was that if Trey Lance is still on the board at eight, that Carolina is not going to pass that up and they are going to swoop in and take Trey Lance. That plays a part in what the Lions are going to possibly going to do and what the Bears might have to do in terms of moving up to get a quarterback like that to jump into the top 10. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think he gets past Carolina. Now, Joey, when you double dip and you come on the Wednesday and Friday, you, you can't totally repeat your takes because you, you gave that same Russell Wilson opinion. I know you want Russell Wilson. I know you are probably upset you didn't get Russell Wilson. You've obviously backed off to Sean Watson, who you were promoting about a month ago. Well, when you came we, on. Let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair. We cannot. Talk, let's be fair. We cannot talk about Deshaun Watson right now. That is that is off limits until oh, that, that process. That process is played out. Right. Let's just be very fair about that and let's also be very fair when i was on the pod last i brought up russell wilson and you laughed at me on the pod you <laughs> laughed at me and then what happened a week or two later adam schefter is tweeting that he would only play for the raiders <laughs> the saints the bears and the cowboys well look the cowboys resigned dak if they wanted to be on the raiders they would have done the dare trade already and the saints resigned with Jameis winston i still believe to this day russell wilson wants to be in chicago if it doesn't happen this year, it can still happen next year. That's where he wants to go. He does not want to be on Seattle. I'm going to ride that horse, my friend, through the gates of hell. Okay, <laughs> until, well, my until, friend, I, the reason I laughed at you is because I knew it wasn't going to happen. The reason I sent you the Schefter tweet is to get you more fired up, knowing that it wasn't going to happen. And then what happened? It didn't happen. I know. Well, I, I get it. I get it, man. But I'm excited. telling you that. Telling you it's real. It's real. It still is something that is on the Chicago Bears mind. It has not worked out to this point. It may never work out, but I'm just saying do not sleep on it. And I promise to go easy on you when it does happen. I'll go easy on you. Okay, well, I like promise. I say, if you're going to give up your whole franchise plus uh, everything else you got in the city of Chicago, <laughs> plus the Sears Tower happen. and the Chicago River and our secret to deep dish pizza, um, one of the Blues Brothers. Yeah, I mean, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Wait, man. Once you give up that, you'll I'll be able to play this music every time you come on. 
<laughs> you'll be have Russell Wilson and you'll have the sad music because you'll you'll have nothing else around him. It'll be Russell running for his life with no offensive line, no skill players, no defense, and, and a what forty million dollar quarterback. Yeah, you you won't be so happy there, buddy. But it's not no gonna way. happen anyway. So like I say, I, I'm glad that they teased all Chicago fans. It's gonna look at all the thing. Oh, never mind. It's not gonna happen. Um, so let's go ahead and move. Story on of our lives. Bears. Let's move on. <laughs> we we, we got to talk about the Packers at least for a couple minutes. I mean, uh, I hate to do it, but we have to. I mean, in the draft, I mean, everybody was clamoring last year. How can you not take a receiver for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he needs weapons. I mean, gosh, this guy. We already we already sent him to Jeopardy on the last show. I mean. Uh, you know, I don't know what a good Jeopardy question would be for what his skill players are like Aaron Rot or Aaron Jones and a bunch. What of is nobody. something that the Green Bay Packers never ever do? Uh, what is draft <laughs> offensive talent? <laughs> exactly. So they they also are struggling. I, I won't even drop the sound on it. Uh, of offensive tackle you know they've had some guys come and go you know they've got uh, one stalwart there but the rest of their uh, offensive line I don't know is looking like Swiss cheese hey oh uh, <laughs> and then they got like you know like they got they got a cornerback or so they got to replace you know some defensive linemen I, I they could use some linebackers I mean they've been trying to find tight ends for I don't know how long not realizing that even when they had tight ends Aaron Rodgers was not a great tight end what his last good tight end was Jamichael Finley. There you go, everybody. That's a blast from the past. Um, so I, I don't know what the what the Packers are doing. They got lots of needs. Like I said, they won a lot of games. Aaron Rodgers had the year of his life. Congratulations. But I think they got lots of spots to fill. And, you know, I don't know they'll be able to do it this year. I think they'll go into the year a little bit thin at some spots because they've been drafting backup running backs and backup quarterbacks the last couple of years. Yeah, they're at pick 29 this year. You know, they're one of the harder teams. You had to kind of handicap, like, which direction they're going to go in. I am really excited over the next month, Derek, and when we come back and, and do the real, you know, the big-time NFL draft when we're, like, we're, we're geared up on all these players. You know, it just seems like it's a really deep wide receiver class this year. Wouldn't surprise me if they went that route, depending on how the board shakes out. I mean, it just seems like that there's six, seven, eight guys that people really, really like a lot in this draft class coming up. But again, pick 29, if I had to take a guess with the Green Bay Packers, would be that they would go offensive line, which is also deep this season too as well, especially at the high-end part of the draft. And I guarantee if it's the Green Bay Packers, their only caveat with the offensive lineman is that he never bathes or showers. Or cuts um, his hair. Or cuts his hair, right, or or does any sort of grooming aspects of any kind. And uh, his favorite, his likes and dislikes, his likes are um, eating contests. Yeah, and his dislikes are uh, getting kicked out of all-you-can-eat restaurants because at some point they have to cut him off. So uh, good for them, and we'll see what happens. Lots of all-you-can-eats there in the the city of Wisconsin, as we can tell if you've ever visited there. And, uh, yeah, I think their their grooming habits are, are this. That's terrible. Thank you, Charles. Um, so I, uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, the guy I don't want him to get if they do go receiver because these guys are going towards the back half around one is Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I mean, he's right up in that area. This kid ran a great 40. He's a good ball player. I, I don't want to see him and Devontae Adams on the outside. Kadarius Tony from Florida is a really unique prospect. I mean, I don't see him being a Wisconsin type guy but he's going to be at the bottom around one up around two as well. But, you know, they'll probably try to appease Aaron Rodgers because he went out and had the year of his life. But 
I, I, I think the guy, I mean, he's not getting any younger. We've said, I doubt he's going to, he's going to repeat that year. So if they go and give him extra toys on offense and he falls off a little bit, that's going to be another check minus for the green Bay Packers. So I, I see them checking in and, you know, anywhere between seven and nine wins this year or so and taking, you know, second, third place in the North. There you go. Ooh, I love it. I love what you're <laughs> saying on that. Now, wait, real quick in the seven, eight, nine win category, does that mean Aaron Rodgers misses games? There's no way he plays 16 games, right? And they win seven or eight, nine, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, before last year's bounce back, Aaron Rodgers was, uh, I don't know. He did, he did is, not is, have a good 2019 season. I, I, I'm complete agreement <laughs> with you, especially those last couple of months of the year when, you know, I think he only threw something like six touchdowns in his final, like seven games in 2019. And then obviously he came back last year and just lit the world on fire. I, I was just trying to check and see if Mr. Namath was still with us. Struggling. <laughs> I mean, before last year, Aaron Rodgers. Struggling. Uh, he's had some injuries issues that he's uh, struggled with. Struggling. So I think in 2021, That's my favorite one, by the way, I like that one a lot. 2021, he might return to that form. Struggling. Uh, I think that, and uh, I think, you know, like, like you say, we're, we're both hoping it would happen because we're just sick of him. We're sick of that team uh, in Wisconsin there, but um, they, they're going to have their work cut out for him in the draft. And I'm really curious to see if they ever get what they thought they get out of Jordan love, who I do like as a player. And then Dylan as well, who's I think is a beast at running back. I don't know why you kind of didn't give him to the keys to the car and then go replenish your running backs. They went ahead and paid top dollar for Aaron Jones, but that's enough Packer talk for me. I mean, don't you think so? Let's get it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Put plenty, plenty of those bums. Uh, now we got to talk about Vikings. We'll save our lines, my lines, to last uh, because we talked about your bears off the top. But we got to get our great sponsors in here, as well as there's going to be a plug for my show, Believe, B L E A V, and Lions with myself and Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. Um, Joey is on the Believe Podcast Network as well. I actually met Joey. We did a roundtable, NFC North roundtable, and like we were only on there for like 45 minutes. But I was like, man, I got to talk to this Joey guy again. And since then, I think I've done his show multiple times. He's been gracious enough to come on here once a month. So, Joey, throw that IG handle out there and, and give the name of your shows so that they can find on any podcast platform talking football, baseball, hockey, everything. Believe in betting Chicago talks about all Chicago sports and not just Chicago sports, but other sports too, as well. I love talking about, as I mentioned, bringing Derek on. I love hearing about other teams perspectives. We go through movies. We talk about all sorts of stuff in pop culture and then believe in bears. Yeah. Focuses a little bit more in the all 22, the nuts and bolts of what's going on with the Chicago bears organization. And it hasn't been a pretty ride recently. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Christo Poyos, C H R I S T O P O L L O S chicken of Christ, Derek. And uh, yeah, let's go pay some bills soon to be a much cooler, shorter, more easier handle at some point. But for now, that's where you can find him on IG. And we're going to try to get him on Twitter and other platforms so we can have fun. But check him out. Check his stuff. It's tremendous. Everybody will take quick pause for the cause. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. And this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today... I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times the show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk lions. Like I said, he brings up the hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Thank you for listening to our sponsors. Thanks so much for Joey for coming on the show, talking all things NFC North. And we're going to get right into it here on the show. You can find, again, if you hit that subscribe button, you can find this show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Please go check us out and go check out all Joey's shows and hit that subscribe button. But Joey, we got to talk about the Minnesota Vikings, even if only briefly. So we've talked about their offense on the Wednesday show. We talked about some of their holes on defense. We're talking about draft needs. I mean, they could probably use help on the interior offensive line. They could use a, a dynamic safety on the back end, some edge rushers, which they've lost recently. And they they need an offensive tackle, if not two. Um, those are kind of some of the top needs I see. Where do you see with the Vikings maybe coming pick 14 in the NFL draft? Yeah, month out right now, I'm kind of leaning towards the unsexy vibe of the direction that the Minnesota Vikings are going to go. As you mentioned perfectly, they need to replenish the offensive line a little bit. So, you know, with all this, this quarterback movement in the top 10, I could easily see them picking off one of their favorite guys off that list. And then the part that really scares me, the stuff that I don't want to happen I'm just looking at, you know, where is Kyle Pitts going to go? You know, we keep talking about Kyle Pitts over and over again. I'm not a big fan of rookie tight ends in fantasy, but everyone keeps saying that this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer, a (laughs) Hall of Fame tight end, one of the best tight end draft prospects that they've seen in years and years and years. And they just got rid of Kyle Rudolph. I could see them maybe sliding. You know, I don't know if he's going to make it to 14. If he doesn't, again, at 14, a guy like Michael Parsons, the linebacker, Caleb Farley, you know, maybe a Patrick Sertan cornerback situation falls there. It feels like an unsexy move kind of place to sort of replenish the coffers of maybe some of their vulnerable areas. Derek, you mentioned briefly you could see them possibly getting involved in the quarterback situation moving up. I found that to be a really intriguing uh, call on your part. What do you think the Vikings are going to do? 
like I say, the the quarterback is the the wild card play for me. But Mike Zimmer's their coach. To me, he's a defensive guy. I think the defense has sort of been the main thing that's let him down. I feel like he thinks he can get by offensively with Cousins, Cook, Jefferson. You know, a few other players here or there. The thing that scares me is is what if Devontae Smith falls to 14 and then you have Devontae Smith and Justin Jefferson on the outside with Dalvin Cook in the backfield? I mean, I don't care who you have at quarterback at that point. I mean, I could probably complete some passes the way those guys are going to get open um, and just handing it to Dalvin Cook. I could do that as well. Now, you brought up Kyle Pitts. Joey, I know we don't talk before the show. We basically say what up and then we hit record and we just go. But you're bringing up Trey Lance on the show, my draft crush. Now you're bringing up Kyle Pitts, a guy that I've been a proponent telling Lions fans that if he's there at seven, and Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson are gone, as well as Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle. I'm telling you that Kyle Pitts is going to be the best player available when it comes to just a, a football player, a ball player that can make plays. And here's the reason I, I you know, I am rooting or I'm like trying to justify him for the Lions to people because all people see is tight end. Kyle Pitts is a guy you could take at number seven. He can be an, a receiver, even if you don't call him that. He can play play the slot. He can be a, a great dynamic piece with a guy like TJ Hawkinson. He could be a guy that if TJ Hawkinson gets injured, you can then put him in the flex tight end type role. So versatile and such a good player overall in the middle of the football field that like I wouldn't let him slide past me if those QBs are gone or if those other blue chip players are gone. But most people don't want him in Detroit. I guess I could see him at 14, but I mean, I could see him being on the Vikings to replace what they've had, but they have Irv Smith there. I don't know that you want Irv Smith and Kyle Pitts. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the same justification for why I would want TJ Hawkinson and Pitts, but I don't know. I think the Vikings would, would tend to be more defense. And I know we said offensive line, but they have drafted a couple kids recently. So I'd say probably two thirds of their line is okay. And then the rest is, you know, could could use an upgrade. So I, I really don't know where they're going to go. So forgive me. You are the host of the show, Derek. I'm putting a run in on this one right now. We are canning this Vikings talk. I want to go to the Lions right now, and I want to ask you this question. The Lions are on the board. They're at seven. And let's just say those quarterbacks are gone. Let's say yeah. Trey Lance is gone. You have your choice of Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Derek Oakry. You have your finger on the button. You get to pick. Who are you picking out of those three? Joey, I mean, if you're going to put me on the spot, I mean, I've ran through many of scenarios. I do mock drafts on my Twitter. Everybody can find me. Cheap plug at Derek Oakry on Twitter. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Much shorter and sounds exactly like it should, unlike, I don't know, <clears throat> Joey's handle. Um, but I, I, I put out mock drafts Mondays. I do straight up mock with no trades. Friday, I do a mock with trades. You would know this if you were on the Twitter machine because you would see it don't and you'd Twitter. be able to comment. I know that. I don't know what your issue is there, but like I said, you're putting me on the spot. I got to tee up a I like I like a healthy. I like a healthy life without uh, these uh, the sex.
septic uh, bile <laughs> that sometimes emanates from no. from Twitter. But uh, but that's just that's just a personal thing, and I will one day be on Twitter. I swear it is, and it's only vile if you make it vile. I get on there, I talk with Lions fans, I post football content, I retweet stuff. I get in no big issues on there. It's tremendous. It's all about how you how you conduct yourself on on Twitter there. But anyway, like I was saying, uh, to your putting me on the spot at the podium, if I'm gonna do that. I got to have the sound bite with the seventh pick. The Detroit Lions select. In the scenario you gave me, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. But I'm assuming he's gone either to Cincy or to Miami, which is one of the most of the mock things I've seen. So I will do you one better if he is gone. With the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions select. Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. (laughs) There it is. Well, Um, in terms of the Bengals, right? The Bengals, it seems like that is just uh, lock it in. uh, Unless it is Sewell at offensive tackle, it seems like they're going to do the Chase, Smith, or Pitts option there at five, right? They're going to get an offensive weapon to pair with Joe Burrow which is good for the Lions. I mean, you're still going to have your pick. You know what I mean? You're in a pretty tasty spot. But, yeah, Jamar Chase is just – Jamar Chase is awesome, and he seems like he's going to come in right away and be a difference maker. And, man, that'd be a great pickup for the Lions, especially with Goff coming in, new system and everything, a guy that can be so exciting and tantalizing like that. Man, pair him with like a guy like – a versatile dude like Swift in the backfield. That's something uh, – you could really start cooking with something there. Well, here's my thing, though. When it comes to the draft, I'm a value guy. I'm a where's everybody deep and and when can I get these players? And receiver position is probably the deepest it's ever been in the last decade in this draft. So I'm not a huge proponent of taking that receiver up there unless it's Jamar Chase because I feel like I can get a one from anywhere from rounds two to five. You know, that can can do some things and, and that'd be playing the upside of Tyrell Williams and, and Perriman, you know, to some degree. But you cannot find a player like Kyle Pitts anywhere else throughout this draft. And like you said, um, Jamar Chase could go to Miami, could go to um, the Bengals, but those teams also need tackles. So I could see a guy like if Chase is on the board, if he can get past the Eagles. You know, that's that's going to be the tempting move. Do you take that stud and you pair him with the other guys or do you let it slide and then attack receiver later? I would attack receiver later. That's the only reason I'm passing up on Chase and Devontae Smith. Nothing against them as players. If the Lions take them, I'm not going to be throwing a fit because I know they're great ball players. They can help this team. I just think you can you can manipulate the draft board by taking a position that's weak up top, knowing that you can get those other spots later. I feel like the Lions can fill other spots. And when we're talking about needs, everybody in Detroit here is screaming, we need linebackers. We need multiple linebackers. We need edge players. We need, you know, they're just they, they need all this stuff because the defense was so horrible. And I get it. I, I'm not saying go to the draft and draft no linebackers. I'm not saying don't attack the defense to some degree. But again, as you heard me say about your Bears, I'm not wanting to pass up on top premier talent, unique talents at whatever spot. So that's why I would go Kyle Pitts, knowing that I can get myself a linebacker in round two or three if I want. I get a receiver in rounds three, four, five. Um, You know, I can get my backup running back to put with Swift and and Jamal and other people later. I mean, there's lots of other ways you can attack the offense side of the ball. Um, 
but I, I just got to play the board well, that way. So there's lots of needs for the Lions, but there's multiple ways to get at it rather than take the best defender at seven, take a wide receiver at seven. That's just simple thinking, in my opinion. Yeah, and so then in your opinion, because every mock draft that I've seen has the Lions probably leaning offensively with their first-round pick, and it's probably going to shake out that way, but you see a scenario where the Lions could take a defensive player. Um, they could take a guy like a Micah Parsons at linebacker. They could take a Patrick Sertan to pair with um, Akuda. You could see a situation like that. I don't know. I really, I really can't based on everything I've seen, read, and heard, but... I mean, I saw Sertain here before we got recording at his pro day, and man, the guy looks the part. He obviously played, you know, at at a at a great program. He's got everything you sort of look for: you know, body build, speed, coverage ability. But I mean, I've been promoting on to my other shows. Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated comes on, and we were talking, and I said, "Hey, the Lions always feel like they're okay at corner when they only have like one or two good corners. The the way to get really good at corner is to get two two studs and then get three four that are good too. That way you can injuries, you can cover the slot, you can cover four wide, all that stuff. But everybody here in Detroit's like, you got Okuda, you got Ao, we're good. No, we're not good. You can always add to that position. So if I'm gonna take a position up top at seven, it's definitely gonna be the cornerback position, as you said. Micah Parsons, everyone's worried about these character issues, and every mock I see has him going more between 15 and and 20-ish. So dynamic a top 10 talent, player. though, right? You know, he's a dynamic player, but he's a he's an off the ball rush linebacker. You know, uh, is that position valued enough to be up th- that high? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's a good player, he's a good player. But I I would kind of wait on that. Now, if the Lions trade down once or twice and get into the middle of the round, obviously, I'd love to add him to the middle of the D and put it behind or with Jamie Collins and 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 let him kind of study up and then be the be the force that he could be but yeah, i really just don't see it and if there's no trade down it's going to be offensive skill player or possibly a corner but that would surprise me too it really would well let me let me frame it to you like this let's just play out a couple fun scenarios as we're moving along here let's just say let's say Pitts is gone let's say yep. jamar chase is gone let's yep. say the surprise of the draft is someone trades up let's just say or maybe atlanta stays put at four and they take Trey Lance. Yeah. And you guys are on the board at seven. And you got a choice between Justin Fields, Devontae Smith, and you know, door number three, whatever that is for you, the cornerback, the linebacker, the people that we're talking about. Yep. You know, what's your take on Justin Fields? Would 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 that shock you if the Detroit Lions took Justin Fields, or would you prefer that they went in a different direction? I don't know. Justin Fields to me, it feels like he's getting a lot of hate. You know, the guy I saw a video recently saying he's like running four, three, four, four, you know, he's, he's got all the tools, you know, I could even see him going to, in a surprise pick to Atlanta all the way up at four, because this was the number two guy. And now people are acting like he's going to slide out of the top 10 just because of his process. Did people watch the Clemson? Did people not watch the Clemson game? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He, that Clemson game, he was awesome. Like, like I get it. Like my Northwestern Wildcats gave him a hard time, and he had a hard time keeping up in the national championship game. But man, that Clemson game is a pretty great highlight tape of what he could possibly do in the NFL. I mean, he was throwing bombs. He was using his legs. He was accurate. He's he was impressive. Well, 
it's this again it's this short-sighted thinking that i like to point out that people do the well a tight end's never been good so they won't be good now well it's a different player now why is justin fields getting beat up mostly because there's never been a quarterback from that school down south that's been a good pro well <laughs> this is so, a different that's so player stupid. that's that's like that doesn't make any sense to me like i mean you can you can rag on their offense a little bit that yeah maybe he would need to progress and maybe he wouldn't have guys running wide open all day but to just say that because there hasn't been QBs coming out of schools, like totally just forgets that there's actual oh, saying, player yeah. there. The Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines, uh, the Michigan Wolverines are a quarterback factory, right? Uh, but lo and behold, Tom Brady went there. So, you know what I mean? Like it's the, it's, that's a pick and parcel. That's a pick and parcel vibe for me that just seems to not really like fall within a line of actual, like intelligent thought like, Oh, cause Braxton Miller sucked. Justin Fields can't be good. It doesn't make sense. Right. So you, you put me on the spot again, which I like at number seven, because I like being the GM. I like making the selection at seven. If those guys are on the board, I mean, the the easy money pick and, and probably the smartest pick at that point is going to be able to take Devonte Smith because I, I mean, yeah, he is a little slight for me, but he can also get open. He just seems to be kind of, you, you don't have to be that big in today's game as long as you can separate and he can obviously do that and catch the football and run after catch. He can, he's going to make plays in this game. There's no question. Now the wild card for me and for the lions, in my opinion, should be, is there a player that either played left tackle or is a right tackle that you can find that you would just solidify your O-line? You already got the the center, the left guard, and the left tackle figured out. You've got a couple options that can probably slide inside and get you by at, at right guard. Could you get yourself a dominant right side tackle? And I'm not a guy that likes to take left tackles and just say, oh, I'll just go play the right side now like because it's totally different footwork and all that. But, like, Rashawn Slater is a freaking beast. And, like, Darisaw, he's going to get taken Jenkins, high by somebody. There's a ton of guys, yeah. Yeah, all those guys are would be value picks, too, because I value those bookend tackles. You protect my quarterback, golf or otherwise, I feel like he's going to be much better than if he's running for his life all day. So I think I would throw tackle in there, and, and the corners would be my options. But I'd probably go Devontae Smith. Um, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not sold on, on getting another corner, but like I said, it's, yeah, my, it my other interesting, one. you're bringing up a really good point too, because you know, when God, when Goff has time to throw, uh, as we've seen, he can be very effective above average quarterback. It's obviously when he gets pressure, when things get a little bit off the, off the, gr- the grid for him, when he has to read second, third progression reads is when he gets into a lot of trouble and he can't complete passes. My question for you then is like, because what's been interesting is all these mock drafts have the Lions taking, like we we're talking about Devontae Smith. We're talking about gaudy, flashy offensive weapons. Does that fly in the face of like Dan Campbell and Chris Spielman's philosophical vision of, you know, biting off kneecaps and stuff? Like should Detroit Lions fans maybe prepare themselves for what you're talking about? Like that mauler up front, which would actually be a really good, great pick. Like what if you found your left or right tackle for the next 10 years? You know, wouldn't that be a move that probably those guys would be inclined to make right over maybe the flashy Devonte Smith type pick? 
Well, uh, you, you brought it up. You brought up kneecaps. So I got to get it in. We're going to bite a kneecap yeah. off. We're going to smile Drink at you. Drink it in. Bring him on. Kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality. You hear that, Joey C. from Chicago? We're going to be the last one standing. And, and, and because I don't know if I'll have another chance to get in on the show, I mean, I might as well just hit you with a double dip right now. The Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Bullshit. The Bears are who we thought they were. Exactly, Danny. Um, I, I, I like your question because I, I guess I haven't thought as much. I don't really know what the identity is. I mean, look at what they've already done. They've added some guys that are locker room guys, some guys that are, you know, meat and potatoes. But they've also added these fast, athletic, you know, upside type receivers, some rush players that are more, you know, athletic not just the hold the point of attack type of guys so i guess i don't have a total beat on what they're looking for but i think they're smart enough to know that yeah they may be kind of no nonsense football guys but the new game is to spread you out and to find these dynamic athletes and i think Devonte smith is that guy if those other guys are off the board and assuming that they feel set at quarterback which i kind of feel at this point they do but I think throughout the draft, you will see those kind of culture guys, guys that are just, hey, this guy's a captain. This guy's a loves football. You know, I think you'll see that. But at the top, I mean, I need a guy that's just going to be, you know, be wearing a gold jacket at the end of the day. And, you know, Devontae Smith, I, as much as I push him down, if the other options are there, if he's the best guy, I'm, I take him with no, no pause either. Well, and I think that's the nice thing, too, about having – a new regime running organization in there, you know, you see it in any sports, not just football, but like that first year, that first round pick when no matter what they who no matter who they take, you know, as a Lions fan, you're probably going to go, okay, like, right. I trust you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like let's, everyone gets that leash. Everyone gets that slack to see, you know, what exactly the philosophy, what the imprint is that Lions football is going to look like the next two or three years. So whether it is a big mauler, or whether it is a speedster like a Devonte Smith, you know what I mean. I think either way, Lions fans should probably just go like, "All right, like you know, we 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 trust you. We have to buy into this process." And I think that's kind of a, I don't know, it just takes a little bit of the load off a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to knocking on my Bears for a second. You know, we've had Ryan Pace for six years. He's made the Trubisky pick. I mean, this this pick that we make at twenty is going to be under the microscope, right? Because there's going to be some people that are going to love it, but there's going to be a large people that are going to hate it solely based on his past moves, you know, and I'm sure Lions fans can feel that same way too with, you know, Matt Millen picks or, you know, taking a Williams wide receiver for the 95th time, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Like it just changes, it changes the tenor and, and with a new regime in there right now, no matter who they take, uh, I think you guys should, you know, be optimistic about it and probably be cool with. Well, every year, Joey, we, we try to not only justify, but we try to be good with the pick. I get beat up a lot on the show because people say, oh, I love everybody or I'm always just, you know, saying this guy's good because I'm trying to root on my team. I'm trying to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Man. Exactly. But I, I so like you said, this year more than ever, it's going to be like, yeah, we're good with him. That's going to be a good player. You can't really mess it up usually in the in the top 10 there unless you're, you know ryan pace or whatever but i i, I, think, I know right <laughs> i think that you know they're gonna 
make a, a crafty selection there. And then, like you say, they do need to keep building this culture. They do need to show that they're smarter than most, though, where, like, don't just take these guys that have your mentality. Take guys that can make plays on Sundays. I'll be real curious who they do that with. And, Joey, I want to ask you this as we close up the show. We've been talking about needs, some player talk here and there. But when it comes to the draft, my biggest thing are the trade downs. You know, everybody wants to trade down. And it rarely happens, you know, when it gets talked about a lot. But the Lions last couple of years have been talked about, oh, we, we're definitely going to move down out of three. We're definitely going to move down out of this spot. And then Bob Quinn just sat there and picked every time because he's a jerk and because probably nobody else in the NFL liked him and he couldn't work the phones like some of these other guys can. Now I feel like Brad Holmes and company will be able to work those phones, make some deals. I'd love to see the Lions drop down to 12, 15, maybe 19, somewhere in that range, make a trade wow. down and then make their pick. Do you see that as a possibility? And then also, do you think your bears will move when it's all said and done? Um, that's a dude. That's a great question. So, in my opinion, I the the one team that I definitely see trading down right now is I actually think Miami is going to be a team that trades down a little bit. They have the luxury to do that, and they might not necessarily want to take a quarterback that high. So, they might be in a position to be like, "Hey, we don't need to go for it now. We can just keep accruing picks and kind of keep building this thing as we go along." Right. In terms of the Lions, actually, if you guys traded down, that would actually surprise me because you have the luxury of the Los Angeles Rams picks coming back your way over the next couple of years. So this is a great year for you guys there to sit at seven. And you know what, dude, like take Kyle Pitts, the tight end at number seven, hit like swing for the fences, go for the home run. You know, if the quarterback is there, obviously you're going to take that. But if he isn't there, you know, I think you can just take whoever you want and just totally be cool with it because the following couple of years, you're going to be having extra draft capital. Now, as you're mentioning, you can never have enough draft capital. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't shake my finger at that. But I think this is a really good year for you guys to say, stay at seven and do, as you said, take a little BPA and try and find the best dude that you can to make your team better because you're going to have better stuff moving forward. Like, let's be honest, you know, like the Rams are set up for a lot of success next year. But what we also know, let's be very real. Matt Stafford, he finished the year with broken ribs and a torn up thumb. He's had a broken back in his past. To say that he's going to finish the year and play all 16 games for the Ram, Rams isn't a sure thing. There is a world where you could possibly have two top 10, two top 15 picks <laughs> heading into next year on top of the seven that you're already going to take this year. This is the world that Lions fans can start to get really happy about. That is a that is a real possibility. Now, in terms of the Chicago Bears sitting at there you go. There you go. Everyone took a big sip right there. Yeah, you're just serving sip. it up. I got to play the bit when you serve it up like that. Bro. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. got you going a little bit. For the Bears at 20, I personally would hope that they would actually stay at 20 and take a, a big mauler, an offensive guy there, and just stay there and just keep your draft capital for once in your life. But I do think it is a very real possibility, depending on how the board shakes out, that once we get into that 7-8 category, like you just talked about, I don't know if the Lions and Bears would ever do a trade together. But I could do. I could see the Bears trying to get into that seven to thirteen area if a quarterback is going to be available. I don't think they're going to trade up for Mac Jones, but I think the guy that we're talking about is Trey Lance. If Trey Lance gets past eight, gets past Carolina, I think the telephone is going to get very hot for the Chicago Bears, and we'll have to see what happens. I hope they stay at twenty, but again, they could easily move up. I can't. I can't. I can't tell you what Ryan Pace is going to do anymore, dude. It's it's impossible. <laughs> It really is. I sat in a Buffalo Wild Wings one night when they traded up to two. 
and we all shook hands and we were like, oh, it's Deshaun Watson. Congratulations. Oh, the dude who just won the national title. Oh, okay. We all know who it is. And then he took Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, dude, and then got la- got laughed at in a Buffalo Wild Wings. So, uh, which is out in LA, which has all the different teams. It's not just one team watching it. It's all the teams in the world, like a summit, like a, a United Nations watching the NFL draft. And they all like pointed at us and laughed as they draft Trubisky. So I, I really can't tell you what they're going to do, but I hope they stay at 20. Hey, Ryan Pace, that number two pick. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to, to perform like oh. that. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we really like we really like him, Derek. We really like him as just not just a football player, as a man. We like him as a man. Oh, my gosh. Joey, good stuff by you. What, what I'm saying, just to tie it up, is that I feel like the middle of this first round, as well as rounds two and round three, is where the gold is to be had in this draft and most drafts for that matter. I love rounds two and round three. So a trade down from my Lions would be gold. You know, the Bears, I, if they were smart, they'd, be, they'd move around and do some things so they can uh, add to that talent base as well. But like you say, we're like a little over a month away from the draft. We'll have you on again right before the draft gets going i mean you love the bears but you don't have a soundbite as good as this to back it up i love the lions say it with me i love the lions or the or the jim rome quad yeah to back that up joey that's how i feel though after having you on the show i had to drop a quad yeah man thank you so much i really appreciate it Real pleasure, man. Can't wait to do it again. Uh, And to all those out there, thank you so much for listening. Check out his stuff. Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Go to Believe.com. Check out all the different podcasts on that platform. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening. We're here every Wednesday and Friday. You can find my Believe in Lion show with Benny Blades on Thursday mornings. So I'm dropping three Lion shows a week. The hardest working man in the business here. Everybody, we're just really happy to have Joey on. Go give him a follow on Instagram. And we'll catch you next week right here on the D. Troy Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Pack the bag. Start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.